Gamers have been at odds with each of the big streaming platforms for what seems like forever. And no one seems to be happy with the direction any of them are heading. That was until earlier this year when a new platform emerged and reignited what I am calling the streaming wars. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode three of the Haggard Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to first apologize. It has been super rainy and super cold where I live, and I have this like scratch in my throat, and my voice kind of seems monotoned. So it may not seem that I'm excited about this topic in general, but I am super interested to see how this thing continues where it grows to, and what the next 12 months are going to look like when streamers are deciding and debating where they're going to start streaming or move to streaming. As I stated at the end of episode two, today we're going to talk about the streaming wars or what I have dubbed the streaming wars that have been going on for a while now. But with the emergence of a new streaming platform called Kick, it has gotten more heated than it has been before and it's garnering a lot of attention. This whole dynamic, it it starts to remind me of the WCW days in professional wrestling when the NWO was formed and took over the entire WCW. I want to break down my thoughts on the major players we see today and where I think the power shift might be moving in the future. If you haven't listened to episode two yet, I encourage you to go back and listen before diving into this one. In episode two, I explain what Twitch is, and it'll help give you a better understanding of what the platform is, what you'll find there, and it'll help you kind of understand why the emergence of kick.com is such a big deal. To start this off, we're going to take a look at some of the numbers that we've seen so far, you know, in in quarter one with, with all of the streaming platforms and what I think are the big competitors now, and then kind of what we think about Kick. So first, let's start off with Twitch. Twitch is and has been the biggest streaming platform when it comes to gaming and live streaming gaming content. Since 2015, Twitch has grown to a point where it has made it into mainstream media, like movies, for example. The movie Ready Player One mentions a character in the movie watching another character's Twitch streams. That's just wild to think about. It's a video game. Sorry. It's a video game movie. And in the movie, it talks about characters in the movie watching Twitch streams in the movie. Just wild to me. And as we've discussed before, Twitch streamers themselves have become somewhat of celebrities and again have changed the way that the world views gaming and thinks of playing video games. Like I mentioned in episode one, I knew from a very early age that gaming would grow to a point where you can make money from playing video games. At the time, the numbers just weren't there in terms of support, but nowadays, that's just not the case. If we want to break down some numbers, here are some current numbers for Twitch as I'm making this episode. Right now, Twitch has 3 million viewers. There are currently 109,700 channels currently live. 
there are 113,755 game titles that are being streamed. There is a staggering 15.9 million streamers streaming. Those are some ridiculous stats, and that's just for Tuesday night. You can also see why it's extremely difficult to get discovered on Twitch with streaming numbers like that. A lot of people make the argument to switch to a smaller platform where it might be easier to get discovered. This is a very valid argument. However, clearly, all of the eyeballs are on Twitch, but let's say you wanted to make a switch. What would be your first option? I'd probably make the argument that it should be to YouTube. I'd love to give you stats for YouTube gaming like I just did with Twitch. However, to my knowledge and doing research for this, there isn't a website that holds those concurrent numbers currently, or at least that I was able to find. I was, however, able to find some numbers from quarter one of this year, which is 2023, and it may or may not surprise you. YouTube had 8 billion hours watched, but... YouTube Gaming Live only held 17% of that total, and that's sitting at about 1.3 billion compared to Twitch's total of 4.2 billion for quarter one. So yes, YouTube may be big in terms of overall viewership, but the live gaming part of the platform is a very, very small part of that total. YouTube has stolen a lot of quote-unquote great talent within the last 24 months meaning they've gotten some big name streamers who were previously streaming on Twitch to switch to their platform to you know draw more attention. From what those streamers have said when they made the switch, YouTube not only pays them more than what their Twitch contract was, but the number of hours they are required to stream each month is significantly less. Now this may or may not be true for all of the streamers that made the initial switch. But from the ones at least that I've listened to, this seems to be like the prevailing case. YouTube also seems to be having second thoughts on jumping into the space, and it just feels stale compared to the excitement that there was a year or so ago. At the current moment, Twitch and YouTube are considered the big two, or the top two places to start streaming live video game content. The next platform would be Facebook Gaming. This platform has made some changes recently, and we'll talk about those here in a bit, but I'd argue the reason Facebook is in the top three is because of its name. Everyone and their grandparents are on Facebook. But if you take that portion out of it, the gaming site isn't doing too well. For quarter one of 2023, Facebook Gaming had 255 million hours watched. Now this is down almost 31% from quarter four of 2022. And another notable stat from this is from all of the platforms, Facebook showed the biggest decline when comparing to the previous quarter. Facebook recently has also clothed the ability for their streamers to apply for partnership. And I think that's a sign that we'll eventually see, you know, this side of the platform disappear. But you never know. I still believe it. Facebook gaming is going to become another casualty of the streaming wars. The storyline over the past five to six years has been Twitch is the top dog. And no one seems to have an answer as to how they will take over or, you know, make significant ground on them. 
YouTube has been moving in the right direction and it seems to be involving their bigger name streamers and some of the decisions that are being made to the platform. And that's a welcome change from the way that Twitch has basically made decisions on their own without consulting, you know, those who make the platform the most money. There are a lot of small details that go into making a larger decision and the content creators or streamers who are, you know, doing these small details or actions on a daily basis are the best assets when considering, you know, whatever the change is, but that is only if you listen to them and the information they're providing you. Now, recently, Twitch has been under fire about a lot of decisions they've made, but I think the biggest one is the decision they made to ban gambling on their platform. That's kind of the key takeaway from this episode. Gambling content on Twitch had grown to be an issue with its audience. And if you think about the average age of people who are watching the platform, that's a pretty young demographic of people. I don't recall when this happened or if this has just always been a part of Twitch's policies, but the platform prohibits the sharing of links and referral codes to any site that had slots, roulette, or dice games. And the problem grew more and more when it noticed streamers were finding ways around these rules. Twitch says those who were doing this were opening up the platform to some potential harm, which, you know, for being honest, really just sounds like legal issues that may come down, you know, in the future or down the road. Back in October of 2022, Twitch updated their policy to prohibit streamers from streaming gambling sites that include those games with slots, roulette, or dice that are not licensed either in the U.S. or other places that provide sufficient consumer protections. In a statement, Twitch named sites like stake.com, rollbit.com, dualbits.com, and robet.com. And they said that they will continue to, you know, review sites in the future as they see them. However, what's still kind of funny is they allow sports betting like fantasy sports and poker. This is a extremely unpopular decision with the community. And what I mean when I say community, it's those streamers who are making money from streaming gambling games. At the time of the ban, the gambling category was within, I want to say, the top 10 of all categories at any given moment for being streamed on the platform. It turns out gambling streamers weren't just going to sit by and let this ban you know, ruin their career or kill their careers. A streamer by the name of Trainwrecks kind of took it upon himself to innovate and to see what other options were out there, but nothing seemed to stand out. After not finding a platform to switch to, he decided to create his own streaming platform. And here is where we introduce the newest challenger, Kick.com. When this was announced, a lot of people immediately were talking about how this would be another mixer. To provide some context, Microsoft tried to get into the live gaming space with a platform called Mixer. I don't have the numbers on their viewership when it ended, but I do know it was horrible and didn't gain any traction on the Giants, you know, YouTube or Twitch. And it just did not get the audience it thought it would. The Kick platform itself is currently still in beta, meaning there's a lot of changes that are going to be made and rolling out in the future until they get it right, but it is operational. And you can stream there 
and you can watch content on it. That platform went live in, I believe, quarter one of 2023, and it has seen some substantial growth in terms of month over month viewership. Now, these are, again, preliminary numbers for what we've seen the first three months. But in January, there were 12 million hours watched. However, by March, those hours grew to 3.3, or I'm sorry, 3.3, 33.5 million hours. And that's, again, just within the first three months. However, I, I think the increase is more likely due to the fact that Kick released their app to Apple and Android devices. I don't think it is solely because people were moving to the platform and finding it on the internet. I think the app has a lot to do with it. Now, if you have been paying attention to the episodes that have been released so far, we know Twitch is the big dog. We know they're number one and it's not even close. So you might be wondering what's so different about Kick that makes it, you know, a real player against Twitch and it's, you know, YouTube. The biggest answer is the revenue split that Kick is currently offering their streamers. Let's say you get a thousand subscribers on Twitch and all of those are tier one subs. That's $5 a pop. Twitch will take half of that $5 and then you get to keep the other $2.50 for those who you know can't do math in their heads like me. Your payout goes from $5,000 to just $2,500. Kick, on the other hand, offers a more enticing split. For the same thousand subscribers at $5 a pop, the streamer would make $4,750 instead. Twitch has a 50-50 split. Kick has a 95-5 split with their creators. Now, off the rip, this is the biggest reason streamers are leaving Twitch for Kick and not even debating YouTube. In my opinion, the second reason people are making the switch is really discoverability. At this moment in time, there are less streamers streaming on the platform compared to other ones, and it gives them a better opportunity to be discovered. Thirdly, which is kind of more of a, you know, the, on the streamer side of this, the path to affiliate on Kick is much easier. They have simplified their requirements down to just 75 followers and you need X amount of numbers of hours streamed. The hardest part about becoming an affiliate on Twitch is the requirement of your average viewership. Kick has basically said, we think that's stupid and we're going to make it a whole lot easier for you to make money. Those are the three reasons that are probably, you know, I would say the three leading reasons why people are jumping ship and heading over to Kick. Now, don't get me wrong. Twitch has handled some situations terribly over the last year with creators, like being accused of sexual abuse, among other things. The community felt like for bigger name streamers, the rules didn't apply to them the same way that they did to smaller streamers. Another example is big name streamers, let's say, get DMCA'd for playing copyright music on their stream. And let's say after three strikes, you should be permanently banned per TOS. However, this was not the case, and those perma bans were not coming. And instead, they resulted in just a couple days suspension, which is basically a slap on the wrist. Before gambling was banned on Twitch, another unpopular choice Twitch made is not allowing their partnered streamers or affiliated streamers to stream themselves playing video games with people who have been banned on Twitch. There is a streamer that goes by the name Dr. Disrespect. 
He is arguably the best streamer out there when it comes to level of production, level of value, and all of the content that he creates. But he was mysteriously banned on Twitch for an unknown reason. The part that was unpopular, we later learned that his friends who had contracts with Twitch, they weren't even allowed to be streaming and playing video games with Doc at the same time. And if they did, it's possible they would face a ban or a suspension. Now, these things have added up over time where a new streaming platform would be inevitable and it would directly compete with Twitch, but nothing up to this point has been successful in doing that. It feels as though we are at a crossroads in the gaming space where the creation of Kick is going to force Twitch to either make changes or Twitch is still going to remain the behemoth that it is and that it has been because of the platform they have built over the past couple of years and the community that they have created in the gaming space. You know, at the time, I didn't feel Mixer would compete with Twitch when it was released and Facebook gaming seems to have given up on its live gaming part of the platform. YouTube is, you know, still making strides and growing their live gaming side of the platform, but I'm not sure those big money contracts are being offered anymore or, you know, at least the dollars aren't there to make those big name streamers convert to YouTube, you know, compared to, let's say, two years ago. Kick seems to be the next worthy challenger to jump into the arena. But in my opinion, Twitch will remain at the top for a couple of reasons. I think I said this earlier, but Kick is currently still in beta and has some features that they must add to be able to compete. Streamers on Twitch have the ability to go back and look through their VOD or their video from the stream that they just completed. They can highlight large portions of that video to save them, download them, and cut them up. You can also create short clips and you know do the same with them. This allows you as a creator to take those pieces of long form content or longer form content and break them down into smaller pieces to be shared on, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere else you can think of. Currently, Kick doesn't offer the creator that ability. So unless you have like a super beefy computer or you're running a two PC setup that will allow you to live stream and record the stream at the same time, you're going to miss the opportunity to break down the long form content. Having said that, you do have the ability while you're live to create a clip, but it, it's messy, it's super unuser friendly, and the clip is only available for a short period of time for you to complete and share it. One big downside you know, to the part of being able to create a clip on Kick, you can't save it. You can only share it to you know, Kick, or you can only share it to Facebook or Twitter, but you can't save it. You can't manipulate it or change it. It's just directly from the source, but on Twitch, you can do that. Another reason is the quality of the streams. I've streamed on Kick a couple times now, and the quality of my video is worse than what viewers will see on Twitch. For a smaller streamer like me who doesn't have top-of-the-line equipment that allows me to you know, push out streams at 1080p, I need all the quality help I can get, and I get that on Twitch. The other thing I noticed, and this is you know something huge or, or really big, but while streaming on Kick, my viewer numbers would go from zero to three within a couple of minutes, 
and I would sit there and then I would go between like two and three viewers and then I would jump to like five to seven viewers. Now, this is definitely within the the realm of possibilities, but at least in my experience, you don't just switch platforms right away and get more viewers than you do compared to the one you've been streaming on for years. This is kind of, you know, a little embarrassing, but currently I average about one to two concurrent viewers in my streams at all times, which means there's always one to two people in there. Some days I'll have more than that. And then others, that's where my numbers are going to hover around. For me to jump over to kick and get five to seven viewers consistently with nobody talking in chat usually isn't a good sign. This is sometimes a sign of what is called view botting. Basically, it's either bots that are created on the platform to increase the streamer's viewer count, which happens on Twitch all the time when people are trying to push for affiliate status and partner status, or it's a sign that the platform is inflating your viewership numbers on their own. Again, this isn't a huge thing, but to get brand deals, it's important to actually have those numbers not be inflated and for you to know what your viewer count actually is. Sure, if the platform is inflating your viewer numbers, it gives the streamer, you know, an ego boost. Says, oh, I'm switching platforms and I'm getting more viewers. But again, it's better not to have those inflated numbers. One final thing that I, that I think keeps me hesitant about moving over to Kick full time is the platform owner itself. Remember the list of sites I called out that Twitch has banned from their platform? Well, Stake.com was one of those sites, and that's who owns the Kick platform. Actually, I should say the people who own Stake created another company on paper who owns Kick, but it's basically the same thing. Gambling is a big part of Kick and the content that gets shown there. I mean, after all, Kick was created to give streamers a place to live stream gambling content. To give you an idea of how huge Stake is, in 2022, Stake generated nearly 2.6 billion in gross gaming revenue, and that's all from gambling. I touched on this a little bit earlier when I talked about, you know, YouTube and Facebook maybe having a priority change from live gaming content to something else, but it's a little more obvious what the priority is for Kick. At its core, Kick is a gambling website created to promote Stake and gambling with stake.com. That huge 95-5 split we discussed earlier, this is how Kick can afford those huge payouts. At least for right now, its revenue from gambling is paying to keep the live streaming platform alive. And it, you know, it keeps it healthy and it keeps it growing. For me personally, it doesn't matter to me where the money is coming from to keep the platform running. And you know, who knows? Maybe someday I'll make the switch to Kick full-time. But I think we need to be aware of the dangers that are associated with streaming to a website that was basically created for streamers to stream and promote gambling. One big argument that you hear from creators is that 95-5 split is just not sustainable. They can't continue to pay this or make these large payouts all the time. And Trainrex, the streamer who kind of came up with this idea and, and pioneered this you know, new streaming site, has even come out and said that they're not getting the bulk of their income from people spending money on the platform, you know, giving subs and donations. 
they know all of the money is being made at stake.com. So they're okay with this split because they know gambling is such a huge, huge lucrative business that they can afford to do this. Stake.com pays celebrities millions of dollars to create content around them gambling on their site. And the losses for those people, it's covered. Some may even have a deal in place where they keep a percentage of the winnings. I'm not against gambling or companies paying people to create content for them, but I am not a fan of the optics that get presented to these viewers. Not all viewers are going to be aware that the streamer is essentially making bets with fake money and their losses on stream aren't actually losses. I don't have to tell you how dangerous gambling is for some people, and I don't want to be that person that kind of sets them down that path. I do believe Kick can be a legitimate threat to Twitch if they continue their revenue split with their creators and add, you know, add those quality of life parts that I've mentioned Twitch currently offers with being able to highlight your VODs and you know break them down into shorter content. I know Kick is just getting started and there is so much potential it has for a lot of creators and a lot of creators are excited. I'm also excited to see where it goes, but I don't see myself being one of the very early adopters that made the switch right away. Right now, it seems the only thing that Kick has going for itself is the revenue split. And that's probably enough you know, while the site is in beta form and man, has it generated a lot of buzz so far and a lot of excitement. And it's great to see after going over all of this information, we still know all of the eyeballs are currently being consumed on Twitch. We know Twitch has its advantages. We have Amazon prime. You get a free subscription, those quality of life, you know, tools that streamers have. However, there are a very, shouldn't say very, there are a lot of streamers who are kind of fed up with the way things currently are and are looking to make a change. Twitch doesn't seem to, I should say, Twitch doesn't seem to care that much about what their creators think doesn't seem to listen to some of the changes the creators are suggesting or say that will help the platform grow. And then you have YouTube, on the other hand, who is bringing in these bigger named creators, talking with them, working with them. I still think for YouTube, their priority are other things than the live gaming space. And there's been a bunch of layoffs lately in the gaming industry and in the tech space. YouTube and Twitch are no exception to this. And from what I've read, the, some of the people in YouTube that were let go were those who were creating like YouTube originals. They were the ones kind of overseeing this side of YouTube. So without them, this stuff just kind of goes on, you know, autopilot for a little bit. And then you got Kick coming in. Just like I said at the beginning of the episode, it feels like the NWO is coming in. They're breaking down barriers. They don't care what anyone else is doing. They're going to offer their 95-5 split, and that's because they got the backers to do it, and they're willing to do it. The money incentive alone is a great reason to switch platforms. The discoverability reason is another great reason. And currently, it's like the hot new thing. Everybody is talking about it in the gaming space. Accounts are being created to 
you know, retweet when I go live or follow for follows or, you know, whatever it is. But it seems like that's where the attention currently is. But the question is, for how long? Great companies or even just big companies are able to survive these kinds of things because they have the foundation already set in place to where when something new comes into the market, they are more adapt and have more of an understanding of we've been here before, we can weather this storm too. There are other changes that Twitch has made. They've gotten rid of their partner split, which which I think was 70-30. So not everybody's on a 50-50 split. And then the other thing too is that I think they've gotten rid of the discount that you get as a partner creator when you're looking to do like TwitchCon or some of those things. So right now, all of the momentum is heading towards kick, but it's the question is what is kick going to do with it? So in my mind, I still feel like Twitch has those tools that kick doesn't. So until kick can add those different tools and those different variations, Twitch is going to remain on top. Twitch may lose, you know, some of the market share, you know, at the end of all of this, but I still think they're going to remain on top. I genuinely hope that whatever the outcome is, the result will make all the platforms better for its creators and its viewers. Like I said, it's really tough to tell someone to not stream on Kick when you can make more money at the drop of a hat. And at the end of the day, you know, switching platforms doesn't mean you can't switch back later. It's great to have this kind of like a fire surrounding this space, and I hope it really continues and it helps us to grow. Now that brings us to the end of the beginning of the new invigorated streaming wars. After listening to the episode, I'm curious what you think about the wars. And if you are in the content creation space, what do you think the future will hold for live gaming content just in general? If you could do me a solid, make sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening to this episode and leave a five-star rating. Make sure to follow the pod on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at HaggardPod. That's all I've got for this episode, and I'll catch you in the next one.